I'm Jenny Carlson. I'm Barry Trammell. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show. Well, OU stepped onto the field Saturday, Barry, for the first time under Brent Venables as a legit college football playoff contender. And eh, Sooners didn't necessarily look the part for the entire game. We'll talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly from OU's 31-29 win against UCF. But first, we want to say thanks to these sponsors for supporting us here on the Jenny and Barry Show. MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association. Drive into your best Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Okay, BT, let's start with the good from Saturday's win over UCF. What did you like from the Sooners and how could it benefit them moving forward? Oh, well, you know what? I like the uh, resiliency. Things weren't going well. Uh, Oklahoma trailed a decent amount of this game. Get in the second half. That's when, you know, things can fold and uh, upsets occur. And, you know, they came back and uh, go ahead, touchdown. And then the cushion touchdown. I didn't like the defense giving up, giving up the easy touchdown when it was 31-23, but I liked the, the two-point play defense. So uh, a, a game that should not have been difficult, a game that should not have gone down to the wire. But if it does go down to the wire, it's good to know that you can produce in crunch time, and the Sooners did. Yeah, yeah, and some of the things that were troublesome coming out of that Texas win, even with the quality that that win was for OU, run game issues, wide receivers running open sometimes, those were still issues against UCF. So I, you know, I think we'll talk about some of that here in a sec, but I do think that resiliency, that ability to find a way to win, uh, to get the run game going late when it hadn't been going earlier and to stop that two point conversion, big time play from Kendall Dolby there to uh, stop UCF from tying the game. And then you got to give a shout out to Austin Stogner on the, uh, on the onside kick, Barry. Jalil yeah, Farouk, he touched that ball. It was live. Potential danger. That was not good. Yeah, that had that had disaster written all over it, and it was floating around. And Stogner got on the ball. You know, he's probably hadn't had the the return, the homecoming season he wanted. Uh, had you know had a couple of catches, I think, in Dallas, but that was a huge play, no doubt about it. Yeah, for sure. So lots to uh, lots to like about the outcome and maybe some of the hurdles that the Sooners overcame. But Barry, let's we talked good. Let's talk about bad. Biggest concerns. What 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 falls in that category for you? Well, I mean, I think the defense, which has been such a great story, um, the defensive renaissance, those kinds of things, they got exposed a little bit. Uh, that's what Gus Malzahn does. He is a uh, a premium. Ski, uh, strategist, great game planner, great uh, play designer. I mean, he's, I, I don't know, what do you think? Is, is he the number one offensive mind in the Big 12? Sarkeesian, I don't know. I'd have to think about it, but I think it's probably Gus Malzahn. Top, top two or three for sure. Yeah, he's, and he's, so this is what he does. It's what he does for a living. It's what he's made his career out of. And uh, some of those uh, play designs really put the Sooners in 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 the uh, in the lurch, but that's what life is like when you're on this level of football. So um, I was that's a concern. Uh, I didn't uh, necessarily. Uh, I'm a little bit concerned about the passing game. We saw the Sooners play without Andrell Anthony, and 
um, wasn't it wasn't necessarily great. Yeah, some of the standbys, you know, Devlin Gabriel's one interception uh, was the result of a Drake Stoops drop. Um, just, you know, didn't corral a, a well-thrown pass. So, hey, you know what? We talked about the Texas hangover, whether it exists. Sooners clearly weren't at the top of their game from what, we'd, what we had seen. Uh, I think that's natural on some level. So that doesn't really worry me. I think I think that's the kind of game that can get get their attention. Brent Venables will have a captive audience this week. But um, maybe to be expected after what we saw in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the fact that UCF was able to do some things offensively, get some guys open, um, obviously had the huge long touchdown, 86 yards, that um, probably should have been stopped when uh, there was taunting midway. But still, to have somebody get that open, um, I, I think, again, I wasn't, it's not great, but when you think Malzahn, Sarkeesian, those are the guys that are figuring out ways to get their guys open. That's not, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good, you're not, you're not losing uh, guys against an offense that isn't trying to be deceptive. Those guys are trying to figure out ways to get those receivers wide open. Although I have to say, we're going to talk about this Kansas game coming up here in a second. Kansas does a lot of things offensively, Bear. You and I saw it with our own eyes up in Stillwater a week or so ago that they want to deceive. So how does that play for the Sooners on defense? Um, we can definitely talk more about that in a second. But to me, the bad, the thing that really concerned me was, again, that run game. You mentioned the pass game for Oklahoma, and I think that passing game was affected by the run game being so uh, inefficient for nearly three full quarters. Um, you know, they were without Tywee Walker, an in-house suspension that Brent Venables announced after. He'll be back. Walker is expected to be back this week for the Kansas game. We saw Javante Barnes. One play didn't run the ball, but was on the field. But that's it. We haven't seen him make a return from injury yet. Gavin Sawchuk starts out very shaky. Um, so the run game, Barry, I just, it hasn't bit him in terms of losses yet. But it feels so shaky right now. That, to me, is the thing that is most concerning about the Sooners right now. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, it was good that down the stretch it got going. Gavin saw Chuck with, uh, you know, so, some production there in the fourth quarter. But it's a little mystifying because we've seen other teams, notably up in Stillwater, can't run the ball and then figure it out. Now they can run the ball. And there's not a bunch of chumps. These are good minds, good players, good runners, good blockers. They're not, you know, they're not running against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a this is a team that ought to be able to run the ball some, and yet they have not done so yet. So I think that is a, that is a potential worry. I don't think you have to run the ball in 21st century America to win, but it sure does help. And they're yeah. not doing it, and you know they're they're about to go play a team that can run the ball and throw it around too. I mean, what what kind of bizarre world is it then? When, when when Oklahoma worries about the Kansas offense more than Kansas worries about the Oklahoma offense, <laughs> but that's where we are, right? I think that's where we are. So yeah, yeah, because you because know, uh, your man Lance Leopold up there, he does. Uh, you, you you mentioned it. He does a lot of the the Gus Malzahn trickery. We we you know we've seen the Jayhawks with our eyes. So it's a it's a real it's a real deal what what they've got going at Kansas. 
We saw it a year ago. Heck, we saw it two years ago with uh, with Caleb Williams' game. Kansas wasn't any good at all, and Kansas scared the Sooners. So Leopold knows what he's doing. It's my understanding that the game tape from Saturday has made its way to Lawrence, so he can he can rely on his old pal Gus Malzahn um, to uh, to uh, figure out some things as well. So Oklahoma's going to have to score to win this game. I think we know that. Running the ball is going to help them score. They got to figure that out. They got to get that running game going. Yeah. Hey, we'll talk more about Kansas in just a second. But before we put UCF totally to bed, we talked good. We talked bad. Was there anything really ugly that stood out to you from Saturday, Barry? Ugly. Um, no, I don't. Of course, and I was, I was watching from afar. Yeah. But I just, I thought that the whole game seemed to be just a little bit lacking in intensity from the Sooner side. And that's fair. You know, if you're talking about hangover, Texas hangover, you know, I don't know. Uh, maybe that's the same thing, but this is a team you should, you know, UCF is better than 0-4 in the conference, but they're not real good. They're, they're a team you should be able to overpower. Because while they got all the tricks with Malzahn, they got a good quarterback in Plumley. They got playmakers, got some good DBs. I was really, I, I actually was impressed with the UCF defensive backs. It's a team you ought to be able to overpower, and they, oh, you didn't. And you know, it, the future is not going to matter because UCF's going to be in the Big Twelve. OU's going to be in the SEC, and whatever the Central Floridians do, nobody cares from a Sooner perspective. But I thought just the lack of, of willpower by Oklahoma was a little bit a little bit concerning. So I don't know that that's ugly, but I, I did think that's it raised some flags to me that you couldn't go push around UCF. Yeah, and I think that's a great point. You know, defensively, Oklahoma got off to a great start. Four possessions, three and outs. They defensively they did that early but then sustaining it that was the issue with I think that intensity and again it was sort of the flip for the offense kind of started out not great and then in the fourth quarter it was all about you know marching down the field and scoring so yeah it was kind of a where's the four quarters you know to me that's the thing about Oklahoma is they step into this new world of playoff contender you know, and especially because they don't have a great schedule, Barry. They're, as far as, you know, the strength of schedule, they're going to be way down the pecking order. As I wrote after the game, I think if Oklahoma goes undefeated, I think that gets them into the playoff no matter what their strength of schedule is because you don't win a, the a Big 12 championship undefeated and have the brand that Oklahoma does and not get into the playoff. But if there's a question, if it's one loss, if it's other one-loss champions, their strength of schedule is not great. And so they're going to have to win some of these games against the UCS, UCFs of the world by more than two points. They're going to have to have some domination in these games. And we didn't see that on Saturday. And it was a little mystifying. So maybe this is a one-off. Maybe this was the wake-up call um, that this team needs to say, you know what, we're going to have to take care of business better than we did on Saturday, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Well, this this week we get a chance to see what is last week. Is it more of a one off, or is this what this team is? Is more of a playing close games against opponents? I think we're going to find out against Kansas and Barry. Like you said, we talked about 
the crazy world we live in where Kansas offense may be more concerning than Oklahoma's offense to the other team. But what is your level of concern as it relates to what Kansas offensively has done, can do, and could do potentially to the Sooners on Saturday? I mean, I would I would go into this game concerned if I was Oklahoma, not worried I was going to lose, but knowing I could lose. Here's the problem, and you know this as well as anybody, Jacko. It's hard to get the stigma of Kansas off our brains, right? I mean, we've yep. watched KU for 15 years play some of the worst major college football in the history of the sport. And it's it's been a futile program. It's been a beleaguered program. It's been a program in turmoil when the, they always lose, and they sometimes do it with controversy. Uh, it's just a, it's just a place of, of chaos. So all of a sudden, when they start functioning well and playing well, we have a hard time getting our, our arms around it. And yeah. when we fall back on the idea that, you know what, it's Kansas. Yeah, they might put up a fight, but this is a game, you know, that Oklahoma will win. Well, not necessarily anymore. I mean, Kansas under Lance Leopold went to Austin and won. They dang near beat the Sooners uh, two years ago when they weren't even any good yet. They've they've gone to a bowl game. They're now one of the uh, I would say they're in the upper division of, of Big Twelve football this year. Yep, they've played people tough. They are capable. Just we got to get our minds around that. I think the Sooners. It's probably a it's probably an easier thing for the players than anybody else because Danny Stutzman and you know and and uh, uh, Nick Anderson and and Andrew Ryan those guys. They don't know the history of Kansas. They don't care. I mean, they don't. They, they sort of have a working knowledge. Uh, Kansas is pretty good. Didn't used to be, but they don't know all this stuff that we know. Yeah. But uh, maybe maybe that won't be as as much of a uh, a hurdle. But for a lot of us, it, we gotta we gotta chip away at the idea that hey, it's Kansas. Everything's gonna be okay. It's not gonna be okay if you don't play well, because Kansas is very capable. Yeah, and we've referenced this a couple of times, but what we saw a couple of weeks ago in Stillwater, you know, we saw some talk about wide open receivers. We saw some receivers that were as wide open as I've ever seen in Barry. And it was a lot because of the way that Kansas lines up. I, I won't get into a ton of detail, but they'll line up guys that look like eligible receivers on the line of scrimmage, but they, they aren't, they, they line up in a way where instead the tight end playing, what looks to be a, a, a tackle position is eligible. And so he sprints down the field and suddenly he's nobody's covering him. So they do some things deceptively in their alignment. You have to think that Brent Venables will have his team ready for that, but you got to think that they were ready at least schematically and practice wise for some of the stuff that Gus Malzahn did. And again, still you, you're going to have busts. I mean, these are human beings. They're not going to be perfect. We saw it Saturday. So level of concern as it relates to the Kansas offense. I agree with you, Barry. I think it has to be there. And frankly, they were Kansas was doing the same sort of things a couple years ago when you, I still can't believe that play that Caleb Williams had taking the ball from Kennedy Brooks a couple years ago to seal that victory for Oklahoma. It was a crazy, crazy game. They were doing that sort of thing. Then they just didn't have the level of talent that they do now. Well, now they're still doing it. And 
it's paying dividends. It's scoring points. It's pressing teams that they haven't pressed in a long time. So it's going to definitely be interesting to see how the Sooner defense manages that a week after they had a whole different set of challenges with UCF. Um, you know, as it relates though, to the Kansas defense, Barry, a couple weeks ago, they only allowed UCF 22. Now we see Oklahoma, you know, we know what UCF can do as it relates to, to scoring points. So the Kansas defense is how improved is it? I mean, do you feel like they, I don't, I, I personally don't think they've taken the strides that the Kansas offense has, but how, how, where does the Kansas defense fit into this whole thing? How can Oklahoma exploit them? Well, the Jayhawks are still not any good on defense. Now, they have improved under Leopold, no doubt about it. But Kansas defense was just awful forever. And it takes longer than, than Leopold's had to, to fix that. I don't even know much about – I don't claim to be an expert on his, his uh, career uh, progression, his historic um, track record. I don't know if, if he's going to get this Kansas defense at a, at a really high level. But it's better than it has been. It's still a defense the Sooners ought to light up. Yeah. This is uh, not. This is a below average in the in this Big Twelve. It's a second division defense. Dylan Gabriel and company should be able to to exploit the Jayhawks um, running and passing. We we saw Ollie Gordon and the Cowboys um, really uh, carve up Kansas. I, I, Oklahoma ought to be able to do the same thing. Ideally, with the running game that we talked about, yeah, the strides of Kansas have not come on defense. And, you know, Texas uh, Texas uh, whacked uh, the Jayhawks around pretty good with that Texas yeah. offense. So, you know, I think it was 40-14, to 14, I think was the score, if I remember right. I can't remember. But anyway, it's a, yeah. uh, it's a case of, um, you know, you can only do so much, so uh, you know, over a certain amount of time. So I like, you know, I like what Leopold's doing on offense. I like what he's doing with the overall program. Kansas defense, not up to speed yet. So. I think uh, the Kansas defense is is pretty vulnerable. I really do. Yeah, yeah. 40 against Texas, 39 against Oklahoma State. You referenced that as well. So we've seen some big numbers put up, uh, given up by the Kansas defense. So I think, yeah, I think with the return of Tywee Walker, maybe another week of healing from Javante Barnes, maybe the momentum of that fourth quarter against UCF, uh, the way that the offensive line blocked and moved people and, um, help the run game. Maybe that carries over into Kansas. Um, I think that I think OU will be able to score on the Jayhawks. I think it'll will score uh, somewhere around uh, what Oklahoma State and Texas did. We'll talk about score prediction there in a second. But I think this is a game. But I think this game sets up for style points, Barry. And you know, we were talking earlier about uh, the playoff and how Oklahoma now finds itself in that chase. We thought a week ago, we thought the UCF game set up as a potential style points game for Oklahoma, you know, win by two, three scores, something like that. Having a close call against UCF probably doesn't derail Oklahoma's opportunity to put it, you know, continue to be in that conversation for playoff. But a second close call, a third close call, like at some point, don't style points start to enter into this for Oklahoma? Historically, yes. Annually, yes. But I wonder about this year. I don't know if style points are going to matter or not for this reason. OU's schedule is so easy that I don't know that style points would help 
And I don't even think it would hurt because I don't know that it'll come into into the equation. Um, if Oklahoma's in a in a some sort of a tiebreak situation, what do I do? Who do I pick? With a fellow unbeaten, I think OU's going to lose that discussion in the committee room. If if the Sooners are in the same discussion with a one loss team and they they got one loss, I think the Sooners are going to lose that tiebreaker discussion. I just think the schedule, the lack of a, a non-conference marquee opponent, the lack of a uh, marquee uh, Big 12 games is just combining, conspiring to to paint the sooner schedule. That's very easy. It's, you know, it, let's look at Michigan. Wolverines, eat much easier schedule than Oklahoma to this point. But Michigan has Penn State and Ohio State down the stretch. If they win that, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Michigan and Oklahoma, the difference is the Sooners have Texas. Michigan's going to have Ohio State and Penn State. Yeah. Sooners might have Texas twice. That would help. But I just think, listen, style points, I wouldn't wouldn't cast them out. I'd try to get them. Yeah. I mean, if I'm ahead 21-20, at 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 KU, uh, it's not gonna be twenty one twenty. I'm ahead forty one forty on Saturday, and <laughs> I got a chance to score in the last thirty seconds. I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm, I'd take a knee to to win the game, but just padding a few points by all means do it. Can't yeah. hurt. I just don't know right. that it's gonna help because that schedule is such an anvil around the Sooners. Yeah, it's interesting, the dynamics that are at play. And I looked at it after the game on uh, Saturday and only, I mean, I think if they're undefeated, I think they've got a great chance to get in just because we don't see a ton of undefeated Power 5 champs since the BCS era, not since the playoff era, since the BCS era started. There's only been two years where three Power 5 teams have finished undefeated. So the chance of there being five and the committee having to bounce somebody seems unlikely barry right yeah no you're right you're right it's it is unlikely now the the one loss is where the yeah you know let's say the sooners stumble at ku or in stillwater where it doesn't matter then beats texas again that's where it historically has gotten tight you know how does a 12 and 1 sooners compared to a you know 12 and 1 washington or a 12 and 1 florida state or whoever yeah. You're right. That's where it gets it gets dicey. Uh, that's where I think the Sooners could be in trouble in the committee room. Uh, and that's why winning out is the way to go, because, like you said, hardly ever happens that you get, what you say, three. Yeah. We're not going to have five. The, the odds of five are astronomical. If we do have five, it would be like the coolest thing in the history of, of Earth in terms of the uh, the political fallout. Um, it would be uh, it'd be like nothing that college football's ever seen. So it'd be fun yeah. to be in the middle of. Uh, Sooners might end up on the short end of it, but uh, yeah, no, I think it's a case of uh, style points can't hurt. Yeah, I actually don't think they're going to help much. So uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. by the way, yeah. go ahead. No, I was going to say, mathematically, we can still have five. All five yeah. power five leagues have an undefeated yeah. left. So it's still mathematically possible. Yeah, no doubt about it. And frankly, you know, I, think the, I, think, I don't think it's going to happen in the Pac-12. I don't know. I think that's yeah. one that's going to get us. Florida State, 
might run the table. Georgia probably will run the table. Sooners could run the table. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ohio State, Michigan winner probably will Maybe. run the table. So yeah. Um, but but I don't know that Washington can get out of there. Um, but it's it certainly makes for fun. Uh, you know, we're not even to Halloween, so a lot of football still left to be played. No doubt about it. Well, you're going to yeah. be in Lawrence, Jacko. Um, I am. Give us, a, give us a score prediction for OU Kansas. I'm like you. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game uh, because of Kansas defense still lagging. I'll go uh, I'll go Sooners. Let's go uh, – I'm thinking how many field goals are they going to make. That's the biggest determination when I have to determine score today. So I'll go, I'll go 45-31. How about that? Oh, you're right. Uh, you're right all over uh, my uh, my neighborhood. I'm, I said forty-one thirty-one. I actually need a Big Twelve upset special every week. I thought about it, Ooh. but I think I think just some of that is respect for Kansas. Yeah, I just think the Sooners sort of had their hangover game Saturday last Saturday, so I think they'll be ready. I don't think Kansas can can slow down Dylan Gabriel. I think I think they'll pile up the points, but I do think you know the Jayhawks. Let me say this: if Brent Venables can rally his defense and hold down the Kansas offense to a reasonable amount, something less than thirty-one, I think it's a great sign, not just for the future, but a great sign for this team that this defense really has taken root, and what we saw in Texas is 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 the real thing. So I'm going to go forty-one thirty-one Sooners. All right. Well, looks like it's going to be a high scoring affair. I will be there along with some of our other sellout crowd cohorts, but uh, that's all the time we've got this week in the Jenny and Barry show. Remember again, OU Kansas square off at 11 a.m. Saturday in Lawrence. Be sure to check out all our content this week at selloutcrowd.com and our content. Barry and I are also at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. And if by chance this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you heard, please leave us a review. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.